Straight from Boston, it's Founder Thought, the show that has everything from advice, ideas, and inspiration from founders and business owners that made it all happen. On this episode, we speak with Tarek Alaruri, co-founder and COO of Fairmarket, an intelligent sourcing platform that helps improve processes for procurement organizations. Tarek shares his thoughts on motivation, leadership, and self-development. All right, so welcome to Founder Thought. Today, we're here with Tarek from Fairmarket. Um, so why don't you quickly just introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name's Tarek, um, about to be 32 years old. I grew up in Michigan, uh, went to Indiana where I wrestled. I was a chemistry major, and uh, we started a software company in 2017 that helps uh, procurement organizations operate their businesses more efficiently and better. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about um, how you came up with the idea. Like, where did the, where did it all start? Yeah, it's a, it's a wild story. Um, you know, so I it was a chemistry major thought I would be either, you know, I have a Middle Eastern father, so I thought I would be a doctor uh, for a little bit there, which I'm glad I didn't pursue. I thought I was going to be a chemist, realized that, uh, you know, that was not the, the, the path that I wanted to go down. Uh, and so I got into sales. I worked for a logistics and trucking company called TQL, Total Quality Logistics, based out of Cincinnati. Uh, it was my first job out of college. I went and worked there uh, in Chicago. Then I opened an office for the company down in Atlanta. Uh, we started scaling the business the office in Atlanta quickly. I think we hired like 100, 200 employees in less than a year. It was crazy. Wow. Um, and, you know, the, the the attractiveness of seeing a company grow, but more importantly, seeing, you know, people that are fresh out of college be able to achieve things, whether it's, you know, buy a new car, buy a house. Um, more importantly, being able to like, you know, meet their personal goals as well, uh, mm -hmm. professionally and personally, right? And, uh, you know, that was a really cool feeling to see. Uh, and, you know, myself, I started to notice in the space in trucking and logistics, you're calling anyone off the world for major corporations to, you know, handle a shipment that could either goes to a manufacturing plant, it goes to somebody's table. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way it's operated in, in the world is, you know, you're faxing documents, you're cold calling people off of, uh, you know, something that looks like eBay from 97. Uh, <laughs> and it's just a really challenging space. And what we found, what I found, was that I'd have customers that would have distribution hubs and they might have a director in each one and they're paying wildly different prices for the same, mm -hmm. you know, service. Mm -hmm. uh, and I met my co-founder at a company called Turbonomics. So I wanted to go work in technology because, uh, you know, you see an archaic process, you see companies, you know, not optimizing things and you see it really being really messy, missing appointments, mm -hmm. et cetera, shutting down supply lines. Um, and I met my co-founder, Kevin, at a company called Turbonomic. It was a Bainback company. They recently got bought by IBM, but it was an application software. Uh, and we saw the same problem. And Kevin's background was he worked at EMC before uh, he was in sales. And then, you know, we met on the sales team at uh, Turbonomic. And it was wild how our customers would just pay different prices for the same thing based on different times of year or different things. Uh, and that's really where we found the problem. And, you know, how do we tackle it? Uh, and so we started actually talking to customers, so CIOs, CFOs, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, when we were talking to them more and more times, it wasn't necessarily, I don't know what a good price is. Everybody knows they're not getting the best price. Yep. It was that these companies, especially at big scale. So when you think like Amazon, BP, British Telecom, they just don't have the operational bandwidth to get the good price. And so that's where we really started digging in and we met our third co-founder, Victor, uh, who actually helped us build the platform. And our first customer was the Mass Bay Transit Authority because they found that, you know, 85% of their team's time was trying to optimize price under $50,000 and getting multiple quotes. And that's where we built Fair Market. Amazing. 
So let me ask you, Tark, when you we when you met your co-founder and uh, Kevin and uh, Victor. Now this is actually what I'm interested in. How guys came figure out guys he can work together because I see a lot of people try to work together. Try because it's different style, different leadership. How you figure out guys you can do something together? Well, it's give and take, and I think like you know sometimes, you know the number one thing that kills companies is statistically is co-founders disagreeing about anything. Sure. And, you know, when you're trying to solve a problem for a customer, and I think that's really what we try to embody at Fair Market is be team customer. You know, you're trying to tackle a problem. You're trying to change the space. You know, I think the biggest thing that gets into it is ego and a lack mm-hmm. of self-awareness. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I'm not the most pleasant person to work with. Sometimes <laughs> I can be an asshole. Sometimes I can wake up on the wrong side of the bed. And so having that relationship and dynamic with your co-founders and realizing the best intention out of them is really something that I think you know, you have to do because, uh, you know, more times than not, you're wrong. And, and you know, making sure that you're able to check your ego and try to self-improve all the time to how you can be a better coworker, uh, how you can be better at your job, how you can be a better manager, how you can communicate more effectively. And like I struggle sometimes with just communication. It's not like a forte. Uh, and so, you know, being able to understand that, I think, improves the dynamic. So when you have people or co-founders that are willing to do that, you can come from all different walks of life. But if you're willing to work together as a team to not only make yourself better, but the company better, I think that's where companies are really successful and founder relationships are successful. Uh, let me ask you, because uh, Victor, I think your background in sales, I know chemistry, but I, I, I looked a few video views, you talk a lot about sales, and I think Kevin sales. Victor's background different, yes? It's engineering? Yes, or? It's, it's, it's technical. So Victor moved Tec- over in 2012 yeah. from Belarus, uh, and he's probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And, uh, I, you know, one of the things you have to do when you start a company and anything is always be willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's the most, you know, awesome part about what I do. It's like, you know, never did I think I would be reading papers on like natural language processing or technology and like how to build engineering teams at scale. Uh, and just like, I don't think Victor ever thought he'd have to learn how to, you know, sell enterprise software. And so, you know, obviously Victor's core is software, my, you know, my background sales. So I think there's learnings. Like I'm definitely not technically as proficient as, you know, a high level Python engineer, uh, but at least you, you get somewhat of an understanding, not only from your coworkers and then trying to learn from the outside. Okay. And uh, so this is actually, uh, uh, so we're going to talk a lot about leadership and uh, what inspire you because you talk about sometimes you don't wake up in the good sides of bed. So this is a challenge because I feel this is with co-founder, business owner, not every day it's a best day. So how every day, because especially when you have a lot of people work for you, or you have also partnership, how are you every day trying to motivate yourself or inspire yourself? Yeah. Um, so I think there's a couple different things to unpack there. Number one, I think starting a business, you have to realize that there's no difference between the Jeff Bezos and you. And once you can get over that mental hurdle to think, why can't you do something? You know, you look at other people in other spaces like... Um, this is a cheesy one, but Colonel Sanders, I think he <laughs> built the recipe. I think it's like yep. 79 spices, something like that. Built the recipe when he was in his like 60s or 70s and he got rejected forever. Uh, and so there's no difference between the Colonel and me. You know, it just took him longer. And so, you know, you just have to continually improve. So I think it comes intrinsically to, to, to realize that, you know, anyone can achieve anything in this world. You just have to work for it. Uh, and I think you see that in other spaces, whether it's biotech, whether it's in like garbage collection, you name it. Some of these business founders don't have traditional backgrounds. They just saw a problem and they want to solve it. So I think there's that aspect. 
when you talk about like motivation, what motivates you, I think really I get the motivation from my company and my team. Uh, and that is what wakes me up every what do you morning mean by that? ready like, to go. Elaborate on that. What does that mean exactly? I, it's so awesome. So we have this gentleman who works with us. His name's David Santiago. Mm-hmm. And so we started the company in Boston. Um, Boston is a dynamic spot for universities. I mm-hmm. think there's 50, 60 universities. Mm-hmm. And so we leveraged a lot of interns when we first got going. Uh, we worked in uh, above a bar called the Corner Pub. There's mm-hmm. bars on the window. Awesome office space if anyone ever needs it. <laughs> Big shout out. Uh, and then, then we went down to Chinatown and we started using interns to help cold call and get us into these large enterprises. We'd write scripts and you know kids would leave class and they would come you know do this. And one of our interns, his name was David Santiago. He came in, he was going to BU, he sold tires before, he was super interested, wanted to get into sales. Uh, And he started as an intern. Fast forward, he graduated a year early to lead the the intern team, ended up going to a full-time role. You know, we raised some money, became, you know, full-time BDR role. And by the time he was 24, he was managing a team, I think of like 20 to 15 people. Wow. Uh, and so a story like that is what gets me out of bed and keeps me motivated to see people able to achieve things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you realize, you know, you start a company at first, it's because you're trying to tackle a problem, solve customers. But, you know, everyone that we work with is, you know, looking to get that home run for their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it becomes something where it's like you can't let your team down, but also like these people, you know, if you're able to hit the home run, you know, they're making their lives better, their communities better financially you know, even depending if we become, you know, the next PayPal or when we become the next Amazon, uh, you know, that's an awesome feeling that they're able to impact their community and people's lives around you. So it has to come. I think, you know, that's what inspires me every day is, you know, making sure that you don't let a person like David down. Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about, um, this is probably a big question, but some of the things that you sort of ran into early on in the process, like what are some challenges that you overcame and, um, we really love to talk about like learnings and challenges and everybody has got that one big thing that was like, holy crap, we had no idea this was coming down the pipeline. It happened and they came over it. So tell us a little bit about something that you faced early on in the process that would be valuable to share with our listeners. I mean, we've faced everything, right? <laughs> like you start a business, especially ones that's growing as fast as ours. You're mm-hmm. facing everything from hiring, mishiring, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know, having a couple months left of runway, you know, you face everything early on. Mm-hmm. And um, I think David Sachs, at Pay- at, he was from PayPal and then went to Yammer. He talks about it really well, the early days of PayPal. But like, you know, they just try to de-risk one thing. And eventually, if you can de- de-risk enough things, you know, you're able to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, to think about a specific challenge, I mean, it just depends on the year because mm-hmm. these, you know, last five years have been bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, COVID going remote is a huge challenge, trying to get the team together, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting everybody, you know, towards the same path and going from being in an office and then now hiring remote has been a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, being intentional with, you know, language, uh, how people interact has been a huge challenge that have been really thoughtful for. And we have a wonderful leader of people named Greg Spalding who helps with that. Um, early on, it's, you know, convincing people to join your company. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I'm mm-hmm. getting paid a lot of money. I'm one of the top people that by you know the company I work for. Why would I go join a startup where I'm going to get like one fifth of the salary? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, that's challenging. Uh, so it just depends. I mean, we've had customers that have been we sell to the enterprise, so we sell to big mm-hmm. businesses. Uh, and sometimes those customers are so demanding and so challenging that you know 
one day the world's falling, they're not going to sign up or renew the contract. And, you know, two months later, they're expanding for three times the size. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, you know, you just got to be ready to roll with the punches and be optimistic. And my co-founder, Kevin, is probably one of the best people I've ever met in my life. And he's super positive. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when you're around infectious energy like that, you can't, you know, not wake out of bed and be like, hey, it'll get better. (laughs) So... That's amazing. Yeah, you definitely need that. I mean, that's one thing that I think everybody sort of struggles with, especially when, you know, the shit's hitting the fan, you know, you've got to have that positive energy and really just think of things in the light of, okay, this is definitely going to turn around, you know, things are going to get better for sure. Yeah. And I think the other thing is you have to realize how, how fortunate we are, Yeah. right? You know, we're in America, life's great. Mm-hmm. Like worst thing that happens is the company shuts down and, mm-hmm. you know, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You've learned a lot of things in the process, but like compared to other people in other countries mm-hmm. in the world, like, of course. you know, our place in life is so much better than, you know, people in Africa, et cetera. And so, you know, I think keeping that in perspective of like, you know, you're a small fish in a very big pond mm-hmm. and, you know, your bad day is not as bad as other people around you is huge. Yeah, absolutely. So this actually, this is a big discussion talking about being in America or not, because actually I'm a huge fan of where, where we are because, Obviously, I'm coming from different place, so we was not understand the challenges, what happened, and a lot of people was into the. Oh, this is kind of anyway. This big, big, different conversation. But what <laughs> makes a good leader talk? What makes a great leader? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think it. I think there's a couple things in the best leaders in the world that you see. Um, one, I think you have. My opinion is you have to have the common interests in mind of, of the people you work with. Uh, you have to be able to let people run and build. Uh, and that's one of the biggest things I've noticed uh, with leaders is, you know, the really top notch leaders we have in our organization or even organizations we learn from and might be friends of mine is you bring people in and people want to build people want to, you know, almost like starting a company, they want to start or build a specific unit or organization from the ground up mm-hmm. in the, the, what you're doing. Um, and it's, you know, people, co- leaders that are more of the directing of saying, Hey, you know, you need to do X, Y, and Z instead of letting people build X, Y, and Z, and then ask your opinion. I think, you know, I, I think that's the biggest difference I see between like an A and an A plus. Mm-hmm. Great. So tell us a little bit about your company culture and why, why it's, why it is the way that it is. Yeah, I uh, I think I think company culture, the word is the most overused uh, <laughs> expression in yeah. the world. Do you have a different expression for culture, it? It's like, a no, different way it's to just so, describe it's just it. So, it's just so squishy, yeah. right? Like everybody's like, oh, tell me about your company culture. It's so hard unless you're actually in the company and you work with people. Because like mm-hmm. you, you distill a company. Companies can have micro cultures within their own organization, whether it's like engineering, sales, product, etc., uh, and then especially when you get to the size of a company like Microsoft, like there's thousands of cultures and subcultures and teams. Um, you know, I really think, you know, we try to be an organization that follows and believes our core values, which is, you know, be an A plus player, be super positive, be team customer and be fair. And then when you really like unpack each one of those, I think it, it defends. So like be fair, right? It means bringing data to drive the best decision and being able to stand up for it and not be the loudest voice in the room wins. Uh, you know, B team customer means always thinking about what makes our customers succeed in their jobs and look great for bringing fair market in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being an A plus player, right? It's like busting your butt, but understanding when you need to take a break mm-hmm. 
uh, being able to learn, being able to work with people, not be an asshole. Uh, <laughs> and so I think like all those things go into a culture uh, and it's not really like a culture. Once you get to a company, our stage, like 150 people, it's not my, it's not my culture. It's not Kevin's culture. It's not Victor's culture anymore. It's the culture that our organization builds and the people that, you know, put their blood, sweat and tears in the fair market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of takes on like a culture of its own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, I think that's where organizations I see get in so much trouble. It's like, you know, at, I don't want to work at a place where there's people telling me what the culture is like, mm-hmm. or they're telling me what to do. It's like, have fun at work. It's like, how do you have fun at work if you're telling me to have fun mm-hmm. at work, you know? Yeah. So don't uh, talk. You said you, you guys are growing very fast, obviously. Oh, you are growing very fast, yes? Uh, yeah. I mean, our product solves a huge problem for customers. Uh, and so... By growing fast, it's, you know, we're supporting our customers. So the growth we have is because we're solving a problem for them and we need to support them. So, uh, so this is my question. Why do you think, guys, you have all this success? I, you know, why? Like, uh, I think it definitely has something to do with the software, with the idea behind. But why? Well, we're solving a, you know, $9 trillion problem, right? Business to businesses, the way they buy today is completely inefficient. And the systems out there, SAP, Oracle, Coupa, they don't solve the problem because they're architected to use more people mm-hmm. in a problem that doesn't need people with technology. And so fundamentally you have a flaw that companies need to save money with less people and nothing solves that gap except our company. And so being able to fill that gap for a CFO is a huge problem at, at scale. Okay. And where do you see your company going in the future? Uh, great question. I mean, we're going to be the de facto solution for all the way businesses buy. And so, you know, we are, you know, we're, thinking about things from first principles of like, you know, we're matching up supply and demand with uh, customers registered preferred suppliers and, you know, we're making it more efficient internally and we're helping, you know, those end users within the organization get the things they want in you know, 80% faster time. Okay. So, you know, I, 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 you know, I think we'll be a huge company if you're asking, Mm -hmm. but the huge company is because customers need to solve this problem. Okay, so uh, for for now, where you at now? If you look at five years before twenty seventeen, what's something you learn now? And you say, if I wish if I know this when I start this, the twenty seventeen. Mm. One one thing that's been a really important learning is I think personally, I'm trying to do a better job of thinking on a six month time frame and horizon. Sure and working on that horizon. Uh, when you first start the business, you're very like, you're very in the weeds of, Hey, I just need to keep the lights on. But the sooner that you start to get to a little bit of scale, being able to start thinking six months out, because when you make a bad decision that, you know, you're too late on making that six month out decision, one area of the business can slow down so drastically that holds the rest of the business down. And so, you know, one thing I wish I learned was to, you know, start that thinking earlier of, you know, talent, bringing people on when you need to bring them on instead of waiting for a problem to happen. And then you have to go out and recruit that person. It takes three months and then you're already, you know, with this problem for five Mm -hmm. months. Um, So that muscle has been one of the most important things I think I've learned, but the only way you can learn it is by actually Mm -hmm. doing it. Okay. Now uh, I'm actually, I'm going to jump for something you said a few minutes ago when you talk about guys, you think you're going to be huge Uh, because for me, huge does not mean huge by the revenue it's what you mean the huge, a huge by revenue, huge by the culture you have, by the team, by the people, how many people you assist. What mean a huge for you? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we're going to be the first purchasing solution ever that has, you know, several trillion dollars running through the platform mm. here. Uh, and, you know, fundamentally, we're going to be the same type of company that Amazon is for consumers that we will be for enterprises. You know, fast forward 10 years from now, people will say, hey, you know, I work at a company like BP and I use Fair Market to buy. Uh, and it'll just be the de facto solution. Oh, wow. Okay, now for any founder out there listening and guys, you see all the success you have, what advice you will give? I would say it's be super humble and realize that you're more times wrong than you are right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you give a- it's it's easier said in pra- I say it's easier said in practice, but you know, a lot of you know, a lot of times I you know I catch myself having ego and being like, Oh, I'm so right about this point and then you know, you take a step back and you're like, oh, you see the other side. And you're like, I might be wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that's a harder muscle to realize. And the sooner that you can realize that, the better. Yeah, because I find a lot like you found out, especially people in your success and what they have ego. Let's be honest. They have most of the founders, they have ego. They, so how even working with you, your co-founder, how you come guys over, come over these challenges? Uh, I think it, keep, it, it comes with like self-awareness and also, you know, keeping each other in check. I mean, I understand probably why certain, you know, billionaires who are worth like a hundred billion dollars uh, have egos. It's probably because nobody around them wants to tell sure. them the mm-hmm. truth. You know, like it, if I, if I was wearing a really goofy shirt today, I would hope that you guys told me to like <laughs> go change and come back on, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, being able to support yourself outside of just work with like friends, family, mm-hmm. like I'm still, you know, I'm still really good, uh, good friends with kids I went to high mm-hmm. school with. And, you know, we talk every day, but we also hold each other super accountable where if, you know, I was taking Instagram photos and, you know, selfies, you know, I think my friends would make fun of me. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think things like that help sure. keep you in check in life. And are you wearing the Michigan hat? Probably Is call this me. Michigan hat? No, it's not. No, it it's actually our logo. So it's the Fair Market Eagle. Oh, it's the Eagle. Yeah, it's the Fair Market Eagle. Like Eagle. M for it me, looks like an M. <laughs> yeah. It looks like an M. I said, okay, so what Michigan? So what school you went for? Yeah. Uh, what school you went for one more time? Uh, I went to Indiana Bloomington. Bloomington, okay. So the Hoosiers. I have another question, too. Um, in regards to... Uh, just to give it a... Yeah, sh- go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, just to give it a plug, best university in the world. <laughs> go Hoosiers. <laughs> Yeah, so I had a question. Um, do you have a support system? Because I know, obviously, you know, finding, you know, um, being a founder of a company, um, a lot of long hours, especially early on in the process. Um, do you have anybody, maybe it's family, friends um, that provide, you know, that sort of mental support for you during the process? Yeah, uh, 100%. So my, my girlfriend, her name's Jen. She's an absolute rock mm-hmm. in my life. Uh, you know, my family, my mom, my dad, um, you know, my friends from high school, my friends from college, you know, we stay in touch. You know, I have other friends that I've made professionally now that are founders of other mm-hmm. companies. Um, you know, I have friends, the VCs, et cetera. Um, you know, I think having that support system is really, really mm-hmm. helpful. Uh, it's tough, though, because you get so in- ingrained mm-hmm. with the business and you have to remember to be thoughtful in your personal relationships. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. I think trying to develop as a leader and trying to develop uh, yourself and your skills with like an executive coach, et cetera, I think it makes you a lot better personally outside of work mm-hmm. as well. And you become a better, you know, better husband, better boyfriend, better mm-hmm. lover. You're just a better person mm-hmm. in general. 
Uh, and so I think that's been super helpful. Yeah, actually, I've heard that a lot, that there's a lot of folks out there that are using um, coaches and other, you know, personal um, support, um, you know, folks that are assisting, consulting, etc. Yeah, well, it blows my mind. Like you, you know, you use coaches mm-hmm. in sports. You use coaches, essentially a professor, mm-hmm. and teaching assistant as a coach yep. in studying. Why don't you use a yeah. coach in business? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot more in that space that can be done to help people and help mm-hmm. organizations, uh, not only from, you know, an executive standpoint, founder standpoint, but also an employee standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, employees choose to work at companies uh, and it's not, especially like the last six months to years, people can work anywhere they want, mm-hmm. right? Low unemployment rate. Uh, and so, you know, you need to be able to advance the people that work with you the same rate that you advance. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, trying to be conscious of that as an organization, that it's not just all about you is super helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And, uh, we're talking about, uh, assistant and be with someone. Do you have a mentor? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, so what do you like favorite book? Traditional mentor mentee relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm, I it would depend on the time. I mean, I think um, Amped Up was a really good sure. book by Frank Slootman recently about software businesses. Yeah. Uh, that was an absolute hammer. Um, I mean, right now I'm reading Competing Against Luck uh, by Clayton mm-hmm. Christian. Uh, I just finished Surrounded by Idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tough title, but good book. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I catch myself traveling a lot, visiting our customers. So I'm always on a plane trying to read mm-hmm. at least. Uh, so I read a lot of boring nonfiction business books, better or for worse. <laughs> and uh, what's your favorite quote? Quote? Uh, Mike Tyson's, everybody has a plan until you get punched <laughs> in the face. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> this is a good one. And uh, hands, down, hands down, best quote. <laughs> this time. is a fun quote. And what do you do for fun, uh, Tark? What do you do for fun? How we like, you know, because you, I'm sure you uh, work so a lot of hours. So what do you do for fun? How you relax? Yeah. Well, I live in New York City, so I don't really think it's possible sure. to relax. <laughs> uh, so, you know, going out, hanging out with friends, uh, going to bars, restaurants. Uh, I have a dog, which has been really helpful personally. I love her. She's a princess. Her name's <laughs> what kind of dog is it? Uh, so taking her for walks in Central Park is pretty cool. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, cool. Big one. Very nice. Yeah, she's a... Uh, she, yeah, she's a she's a little chunky girl, <laughs> but she's great. She's great. Amazing. So I think that's it. I don't tell Yeah, I think we'll I think it's all the questions. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Any final thoughts or anything that you'd like to share with um, with folks? Whether that be a piece of advice or you know just a thought about business. No, I think yeah, I think one of the best things about you know creating a business and the entrepreneurial culture here in the U.S. is you know, the ability to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you ask the question about mentors, I mean, you know, some of our angel investors, some of our early investors, like they still mentor mm-hmm. me. Um, and, you know, other founders give me advice who are later stage. Uh, and, you know, I'm always reachable. So, you know, find me T. Allery at Twitter or on LinkedIn, more than happy to give advice if you ever have questions. But I, I think the biggest thing is that the community builds mm-hmm. itself. So the more that, you know, a founder reaches out to you and you can help them with the deck, you can help answer questions, you know, it, it's everybody's out here for the same goal, which is to build mm-hmm. a company or get something off the ground. So, you know, the more people can help each other out, I think it's better and it keeps the ecosystem growing. So, 
you know, my one ask is to other founders out there is just mm-hmm. to pay it forward. Amazing. Amazing. Great. I think that's it. I appreciate of you guys having Yeah, me thank on. you so much for joining us today. Do you want to just like plug your site and just tell people where they can contact you beyond the social? Yeah, fairmarket.com. Fairmarket.com. Search tailspin, search procurement optimization, procurement automation will come up. Great. Amazing. Fair Excellent. market. All right. Thank you, Tark. Thank you, Tark. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Founder Thought. You can find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at founderthought.com. Founder Thought is a production of Pepper Gang.